Hello, everyone, and welcome to Quinn Cummings Gives Bad Advice, the podcast where I, Quinn Cummings, give advice to people I do not know. If you're joining us for the first time, you may be asking yourself, does Quinn really want to give me bad advice? And the answer is no, I do not want to give you bad advice. I want to give you good advice. But I have absolutely no qualification to give you any sort of advice at all. I am not an engineer. I'm not an electrician. I am not an event planner. I give advice because it amuses me to do so. So you might be asking yourself, will this advice I'm about to give you be good advice? Well, I think the answer is in the title of the podcast. If you want me to give you bad advice, you can leave a question for me at qcbad.com. It's completely anonymous, and better yet, it's completely free. So I can offer up this advice with a 100% money-back guarantee. Now, let's get started. My first question today comes from qcbad.com with the subject heading... Any advice for how to shut up the judgmental conga line of monkeys in my head? Dear Quinn, I'm a human being who makes mistakes sometimes, has arguments, etc. The judgmental voice in my head cannot and will not stop reliving any and all negative feelings and interactions for days on end. It's not practical for me to live alone in the mountains forever to avoid any possible negative interactions with others. So how can I chill out and shut up that voice? I am a people pleaser and would like some bad advice on how to better not care when I don't please people 100% of the time. How can I be more of a cold-hearted asshole? You don't want to be an asshole. You just want to stop watching the show, Look, I'm an idiot! May I introduce you to your new friend, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Here's what Wikipedia has to say on this. Cognitive behavioral therapy focuses on challenging and changing unhelpful cognitive distortions and behaviors, improving emotional regulation, and the development of personal coping strategies that target solving current problems. Doesn't that sound like exactly what you just wrote to me? Here's the great thing about CBT. It can be very effective. The other great thing It's short-term therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapy is not you for decades on a couch whining about how you didn't get an easy bake oven when you were six. You need tools. You get tools. You move on. If you want to start today even more cheaply, there are lots of books on how to start this thought process at home. Because here's what I suspect. It's less that you're a pleaser then you have decided if you please people enough, the feelings afterwards won't show up and torture you. You're trying to do an end run around the inner TV show. If you can turn the channel, or fingers crossed, just turn off the damn television entirely, you might feel less compelled to please. Hi, Quinn. I'm tired of being single, going on about two years now. I've started dating over the last few months, and I'm looking for a relationship. Recently, I realized that most of my friends have coupled off, and I'm feeling isolated and inferior. How can I feel better about my relationship status? Yes, you currently do not have a partner. That isn't a bad thing, that's a fact. The company you keep the most often, which is to say yourself, 
you usually agree with in matters large and small. You have never wanted sex, but you didn't want to, and then you didn't talk to yourself for a day. I mean, maybe you have. That's a separate problem. Please find a highly qualified person to help you sort that out. I'm digressing. You know where you stand when you're single. You are single and slightly frustrated you aren't in a relationship. You're lonely? I get it. It's hard to be lonely. You know what's worse? Being lonely in a couple. Lying next to a person in bed, listening to them breathe and feeling a million miles away because you don't love them the way you once did. Or watching them drive, happily singing along to Toxic and dreaming of the ways you could get away with killing them. But then you two get to a party and you spend the duration of the party playing the happy couple out of habit or an understandable impulse to keep your private sorrow private. Loneliness in a couple is real and it's awful. I'm not asking you to feel better about yourself because some of your friends might not be as happy as you think they are. But they may not be as happy as you think they are. Five years from now, you could be in a great relationship. Some of those relationships may not exist anymore. I want you to realize that everything is temporary. And then I want you to cut yourself a little slack. You're not inferior. You're awesome. Dear Quinn, I'm 40 years old on disability for anxiety. You name it, I worry about it, but primarily social anxiety, and got married about a year ago. My husband had a bit of a rough transition to the city I lived in, but has settled in with a job he's satisfied with. This will sound quite dumb, but honestly, I'm lonely and don't know what to do with myself since my husband found work. We don't talk much at all most days, and most of my human contact is family members who want things. Calling to see how I'm doing doesn't happen. I've thought about volunteering, but the main place where I wouldn't freak out at all, the library, rejected me a few years ago already. I've considered finding work myself, but due to the expense of the medicine that keeps me sane, I need continuous health care coverage or a job that will immediately pay $1,800 a month with a Bachelor of History degree. Children are almost certainly not going to happen thanks to our relative poverty and genetic disasters in the family tree, and I really shouldn't push for them because I don't know what to do with myself. So, any help? Yes. If your medication is covered by your husband's job, which it appears to be, you go back to the idea of volunteering. Social anxiety, you say? Fine. Volunteer with an animal rescue. The group with whom I work has a staff of volunteers that come in twice a day, clean the place, feed the cats, comfort the new cats. Without those volunteers, this rescue would not work. I have been in during cleaning shifts, and I would wager over half of those volunteers prefer pets to humans by a wide margin. Social anxiety is not a deal-breaker. Or read books to the blind, or work with a local group digging out invasive plants in national parks. When you volunteer, no one is expecting sparkling wit or great jokes. They are expecting a pair of hands and an understanding that volunteering is important, meaningful work you might have some pleasant chats. And as someone who fosters kittens, I am obligated to note that it is kitten season, and if you have a bathroom, you could do that. But no pressure.
Dear Quinn, I have always had long hair. I'd like to cut it short. Really short. Simply because I've never had it short. And not because I'm a woman and I'm having a crisis. I am not having a crisis. Should I cut it all off? What if my head has a weird shape no one would know about until my hair doesn't obscure it? I say cut it. But not yet. First, take a picture of yourself with your hair pulled back in a ponytail so you're left with sort of a blank canvas. Now look at the shape of your face. That shape is going to determine how you cut your hair. So look for other people who have sort of your face shape who have short hair. Famous, not famous, Instagram, in style. Gather data. Now, take that picture that you took of yourself and either print it out or if you have Photoshop skills, put it into Photoshop. And now you're going to put a bunch of different hairdos on it. Try Jean Seberg in the 1960s. Look her up. Try Linda Evangelista in the 1990s. Look her up. Try a small mohawk, because it doesn't matter. No one will ever see this, and at the very least, life should have some entertainment value. If you find a haircut shape you think you might like, start keeping an eye out for a woman with short hair, not unlike your texture. If you like how her hair looks, ask her who cut her hair. Short hair is its own skill, and if you're going to do this, you want the right hairdresser. Once you have a name and a shape, Go to this person and say, I want to do this. What are your thoughts? Short hair is fun. It's freeing. It changes how you deal with the world. Just thinking about this answer has made me want to cut off my hair again. As far as weird head shapes go, I have had short hair. I've had very short hair when I had a benign bone tumor literally sticking out of my skull, and you couldn't see it. You'll be fine. No, you're going to be great. You're going to have fun with this. Dear Quinn, I married at the tender age of 20, totally turning my life over to my husband, who handled all the bills and made all the decisions about our lives. Our divorce will be final next month. What are the chances of me actually learning how to manage my finances well and creating a new life on my own after 46 years? Uh, 100% because you have no choice. Even if there is sufficient money to keep the wolf from your door, you have to learn to decide where your assets go. Actually, I'm going to make that even more general. You need to decide where your attention goes. Our resources, our time is finite. For the first time in your life, you get to put yourself first. I get it. This is both dazzling and terrifying. I have two immediate suggestions. First, Treat the next year as a quick graduate degree on how to be a single woman in your 60s. Graduate school means you're going to be reading. A lot. Go to the library and get the book Around Healed Woman. It's a nonfiction book about a woman who, at 66, put up a personal ad saying bluntly that she wished to have a great deal of sex before she turned 67. And then she did. Is that you? I have no idea. But is that something you even considered before this moment? Someone your age is doing it. Find the book about Jane Stern. 
a noted restaurant reviewer who dealt with her anxiety and depression in midlife crisis by becoming an EMT. Again, is it something you would do? No, but it's something someone who looked like you did. It's possible. Once you read these books from the library, type them into Amazon and see what books they recommend for you. Those are the books you should be reading right now. It's your job for the next year to consider all the ways women adapt to change. Because, honestly, that's all life is, is change. And you are ready to go. You have not been beaten down by life. You have all this change-related energy stored up. Second, if you don't have one, get a financial advisor and then tell that advisor you want to learn everything you can because this is your life now, no one else's life. You've been waiting over four decades for this moment. Don't waste another second. Okay, I think that's enough bad advice for today. And remember, I can't give you bad advice if you don't ask for it. Your question doesn't have to be profound, complex, or emotionally demanding. It can be about pretty much anything because, let's face it, I am unqualified to offer advice across a wide range of subject matter. And as we all know, sometimes the nuttiest question gets the best bad advice. You can reach me on Twitter, at C. That's Q-U-I-N-N-C-Y at twitter.com. Or you can post a question to qcbad.com. Just log into letter Q, letter C, B-A-D.com, and there's a question form right there. The question can be any length, but I'm finding they work better if they're shorter. Just a hint. Before I go, I'd like to thank Richard Emmett, who composed my groovy music, and Keith Greenstein, who designed my groovy logo. People have already started asking me how they can get a Bad Advice Fork in a Toaster t-shirt or coffee mug, and my answer to them is, hang in there, we are working on it. I also want to thank Phil Rohr and Prime Rib Productions for making it possible for you to hear any of this. Okay, that's enough for now. Keep those questions coming, and I'll see you all next time.